0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash host.
1: Fence the dummy half. It's with the
0: halfback Williams.
1: Williams goes himself, comes out the other side, gets
2: it to Croker, bounces away from a would-be from DeGoyce, puts a kick out wide, looking for Chandarole, and Earl is in again. Oh.
1: Rugby league. Rugby league. Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the SC Playbook podcast. I am your host, Tim Williams. Joining me today is 2019 Supercoach champion, Des Creek. Desy is fired up after a big week. He's hit back in strong form. Des, how's it feel, mate?
2: Yeah, it feels bloody good. It was about time. Finally had a good Supercoach score. I'm beaming. Scored uh, 340, thanks to Cameron Smith as my captain which shot me up about eight 9,000 ranks, <coughs> all, all because I didn't captain Teddy. Teddy uh,
1: you had that. a huge week, mate. And without giving away both of your trades, we'll give away one of your trades. Mate, you're finally biting the bullet and getting Teddy in, despite having his worst week of the year.
2: Yeah. I mean, I was just watching that game against the Warriors, and I was thinking this this won't happen next week. He's going to obliterate the Titans. It's it's time to just get him in.
1: Mate, you're gonna you're gonna sleep well for the rest of the season. Probably your first time in about two and a half months, so <laughs> it's a good decision. Yeah, yeah. Also joining us tonight is the Supercoach Spy. Spy, how are you? Good lads. I've uh, got myself a bachelor of the week. The
0: family's up north, so just feed up today, working away, watching telly. Uh, no footy yet, but plenty coming up on the weekend. NBA's back as well, so. It's a bachelorhood dream, fellas. Uh, I was in a bit of form in Supercoach until last weekend when, to be honest, I thought my boys played all right, but in the end, I only got 1,120, which I thought was okay, but it shot me down the ranks by 3,000, so it's a bit of a brutal world this year. You can feel like you're going okay, and then you miss one or two blokes like Lomax, and you're going backwards, so the pressure's always on, but pretty happy with my side at the moment. It's finally starting to come together a little bit, so... Keen for a big back end of the year, fellas.
1: Yeah, that's it. The, um, the, the sort of the mean score every week is going to be so high, barring a stack of injuries or a stack of flops to guns. Because we don't have that buy period and teams are so strong already, even though it's only just halfway through the season, um, you know, where you think you've gone okay, you know, sort of 11, 1200 isn't enough. Uh, the mighty Kuma Stallions notched 1,220, and I was a little bit the same. Um, I thought I'd battled a little bit, but K-Man, uh, as he tends to do each and every week, got me out of trouble. So, yeah, 1,220 points, dropped me back to 73rd place overall. Um, obviously, had the injury to Brian Madison, which I think just about anyone in the top 20,000 owned him, so that wasn't too big an issue. Uh, and then Jesse Ramian went down for me as well, but he's been named this week. I'm also extremely happy because I held on to Ryan Hall last week and he's been named ahead of Brett Morris, who's injured for what looks like could be three to five weeks. So absolutely stoked about that one, but we'll get more to the teams later. Lads, we'll get into the topic for this week straight away. There's a couple to talk about, but I want to start with um, just how quickly positions are changing and how there's all these must-have players, and then you give it a week and it all changes. This week, it's hooker. Um, Desi, I know you have Cook and Smith in there. You traded Grant a couple of weeks ago. It was Cook v. Smith last week was the big decision. Smithy, I think, doubled his score and then some maybe. Um, Harry Grant went big, scored about 88. I was looking to go Grant to Cook this week because the Bunnies have this real good run coming up. Now I'm thinking it's a little bit sideways and I can fix other areas of my team. Um, Des, do you still think for a lot of people there that do have Grant that he has to become Cook or Smith or do you think it's a little bit sideways?
2: I do. I I still think it's worth the trade. I mean, Grant... He's obviously been outstanding, so I know it's super tough to sell him, especially since he's averaging basically the same as Cook and Smith. But you know, you have to you have to think end game at this point in time. Is he really gonna outscore Cook, who has no origin duties this year until the end of the season? Murray looks back to his best, he's he's gonna direct him around, they've got a nice draw. Bennett's got him rolling. I personally think Cook is gonna outscore Ground. But I can't fault anyone who holds on to him to try and sort of pot up um, elsewhere. But, yeah, there's there's obviously some juicy options opening up in the second row position.
1: There is, we'll mate. It's,
2: yeah.
1: it's the definition of a luxury trade. I go on about it often over and over and over again. But these trades that you'd make, if you don't have any other issues in your team and you've got some money, you're in a position to do it and you don't have anything to worry about because – In my eyes, it looks a little bit sideways, but I mean, Cook's run over the next three weeks. I'm I'm thinking about it. Um, Spy, what's your verdict on it? All
0: I'll say, boys, is Harry Grant's also got the Warriors this week and then the Bulldogs in two weeks, so it's not like he's got a tough draw by any means either. Um, I can see the sort of the value in maybe pushing up to Cook, as you said, if you can afford to do that. Um, but personally I think there's probably other areas I'd love to sort of fix up and to strengthen. But look, I'm not object to that trade if anyone wants to do it and really hope Cook can just explode. The only thing the other thing I was gonna mention was Harry Grant looked a little bit injured last week, is carrying maybe a shoulder or an arm. He's a tough little bugger as we know, but with Luke Brooks on the bench, there's always some risk he won't play the full game, especially if the Tigers get out to a good lead. So if you did want to launch on to Cook and see if you can go ballistic, I don't hate the move, but certainly there's no harm in holding Grant for another two or three weeks and reassessing then. But I'm a little bit torn, to be honest. I think both are good options.
1: Yep, uh, that's all all fair shouts, mate. Then the other issue that's arisen is obviously around Ryan Madison, who, you know, he only played a handful of minutes last week against his old club, the Tigers. um, Copped that pretty nasty HIA. We know he's got a history of HIAs. I was kind of hoping he just wouldn't get named this week and he'd be an easy trade. We wouldn't have to worry about him. But he has been named. We know he's an elite second rower. And second row is a position where, you know, three or four weeks ago, you had to sort of have five of them, maybe six of them, because they were the highest. They're the safest scorers in the game, and they were, you know, they were all had big ceilings. Now we've seen Angus Crichton go down. Madison has this massive break even, and uh, obviously the concussion issues. So, what do you do with him? Um, It's changed the outlook of the game and each team. Spy, I'll start with you. Who are your top ranked second rollers, which will help people to make their trades of getting rid of Madison this week for those that do want to do it? Um, and also, what are you doing with Ryan Madison?
0: <clears throat> it's a bloody good question because let's assume right now that Madison doesn't play, just for the sake of the argument. We, Angus Crichton's already out. You have a look at it. You've got Jason Tamalolo, Cam McInnes, and then probably Cam Murray coming in the third best in behind him. Outside of that, assuming Isaiah Yeo's in your centres, you've got Carrigan, Tavita Pengai, Raymond Fatala Mariner, a heap of guys that... They're not too bad, but are they elite? Can you get better value elsewhere? For me, the only guys I definitely want in my back row there with, if Madison and Crichton weren't included, would be Tamalolo, McInnes and Cam Murray. I like Cam Murray this week moving forward. They got a nice run. He's rounding into some foreman in minutes, but <clears throat> it's tricky because the problem for me with Madison is I don't mind copying some price losses because he'll probably score well anyway. He's got a nice run. Problem is he plays Sunday afternoon. So if it gets to Sunday, And he doesn't get named. I'd bite if I know if I can cover him. I'll be playing someone like Avarillo instead who's been going okay. But, gee, he could pump out a 15 any day of the week. So I'm sort of leaning towards jumping down to Cam Murray this week for Madison. He plays Thursday night. You lock him in. Hopefully they'll make some money and some points. And I'm in the luxury position of being able to trade Luciano Le Lua next week for about $600,000, which would be a straight strop for Madison just about. So that's where I'm leaning, with my concern being that Ryan Madison plays Sunday afternoon. So unless we can get something definite before like Thursday night or Friday, I think I might unload him given how many trades we've got this year. Yeah,
1: that late Sunday game is absolutely savage for us. We just, I mean, I mean, on on the um, the other side of things, we do know that it'll give him that extra time to recover from the HRA and get himself right for the game. So that's massive. Um, but I'm not too sure. Des, what's your take on the second row forward position? Um, give us your sort of top, sort of maybe four or five ranked guys. Um, yeah, yeah, for that position because it, it's changed so rapidly.
2: Yeah, I mean. It- I don't have Mato, but if I did I'd probably sell him those those head injuries, you know, they can they really can take a toll. He might not come back the same player. Um, and he might get injured again. We know the whole Kiri drama last year. But yeah, my, my top five second row basically the same as um the spies. I've got Lolo, McGuinness and Murray as the top three. But he's left out two big names for mine, and they are Jake Trebojevic and Tohu Harris. And we know, we know Jake is a keeper there. He's, he's starting to produce. He's getting 70s every week now. And it's because Tommy's not there. They, Manly are playing much more direct. He's acting as sort of a halfback for Manly. Um, he's, he's making a ton of tackles. I think he's really cementing himself back into the frame. And Tohu, everyone thought, oh, with Jazz coming back, oh, he won't, um, consistently get 70s and 80s again. But, here he is again, and he's got he's pumped out a massive score again this week. I think he's definitely got to be in con- considerations as a sweet uh, a straight swap for Mato.
1: Yeah, I'm a bit the same as you, mate. Obviously, you've got JT McInnes, Camaro's a guy I've had all year. Um, I'm not convinced he's in the the top 17 to finish the year. I, I probably tend to think he isn't. I think he'll benefit from this nice bunnies run in the next few weeks because he hasn't had a lot of attacking stats. I do think they're going to start to up. He has upped his minutes sort of towards that 70 region in the last three weeks, which is very, very encouraging. He's been 67 minutes per game. Uh, and I'm with you. I, I've never been keen on Tohu just because of the uncertainty around the Warriors then with Jazz's return. But, look, he keeps pumping out the scores. And with all these back rows going down injured, I think, you know, if you're looking for a fifth, um, fourth or fifth second rower, Tohu could be your man. We saw David Fafita didn't get named again this week. Again, we'll get to that later. John Bateman's a serious option in a couple of weeks' time. He's been named a start for the Raiders this week. But again, I think he'd be a bit of a lunatic to jump on this week. So um, it's funny, like, Earlier in the year, we said you had to have these two gun fullbacks there. That changed quickly. You've now definitely probably got to have two gun hookers because that's such a good scoring position. The halves are all on fire. It's just, it's good because it's opening teams up a little bit for us and making it a little bit, giving us an opportunity to, to make up a bit of ground. Um, guys, it is just past the halfway point of the season, so we've dropped our subscription prices for anyone interested in that uh, additional content, um, a few extra articles each week, the subscriber-only podcast, uh, which makes sure we answer all your questions, one of our our contributors. So the NRL package is down to 20 bucks for the rest of the season, and the big bash in the NRL is uh, $30 for the rest of the season, um, also, if that's a little bit much for you and, and you'd like to help out and support the podcast but you don't want to spend that much money, which is absolutely fair enough, uh, we do have a little donations tab in the article on the side if you wanted to do that. Um, but if not, happy days. Guys, let's get stuck into the team's analysis for this week with the game-by-game previews. There hasn't been stacks of changes, but the changes that have been made are pretty significant to Supercoach. We'll start with the Dragons and Rabbitohs Thursday, 7.50 p.m. at Jubilee Stadium. At the Dragons, Adam Clune and Trent Merrin each miss a week with Ben Hunt reverting to halfback. Cam McInnes to hooker and Jackson Ford starts at lock. Jordan Pereira replaces Jason Saab on the wing. Tarek Sims returns from suspension, pushing Tyrell Friumayono to the bench. Tristan Saylor is the new name on the pine. Uh, At the Rabbitohs, Latrell Mitchell returns from suspension at fullback. Alex Johnson shifts to the wing. Corey Allen's out. Cheapy Jackson Paulo retains his spot, which is big news there because we know Braden Burns is out long-term, so is James Roberts. Liam Knight, Patrick Margot return on the bench in place of Jack Johns and James Saleh. Uh, there's fair bit going on there. A lot of interest at the Rabados with their run coming up. Uh, who do you like in this game?
2: Yeah, obviously um, with McGuinness back in nine, there's going to be a lot of relieved owners, um, including myself. I think it just suits, it suits the uh, the Dragons much better with Hunt at uh, the 7 um, Not much else to say about the Dragons other than Lomax. Um, <laughs> He tries his damn best to carry the Dragons but just can't do everything. But over the last couple of weeks, he's no doubt cemented himself as a keeper and pretty much a must-have in the center wing right now. Um, Aiken, a guy we, we spoke about a little bit last week, he's still scoring very solidly and he's looking real close to going over for a few tries. So he should definitely be um on the radar for some of those top-ranked teams um for Souths, I think Murray definitely back to his best um those those rainy conditions definitely suited him um I think we'll see a rise in ownership to follow suit in the coming weeks um so well done to those who held on to him including you Timmy um Thanks, <laughs> it, it was it was a tough wet game for Cook to get his claws into it but I expect him to bounce back this week and put a big one on the dragons um Adam Reynolds is a guy that I was looking closely at that game. I think he actually actually has to come into considerations as well now as a pod in that halfback position. What do you boys reckon,
1: mate? I I just I've never really liked Adam Reynolds as a pick, unless it's been over that origin period when we have had to do buy planning. I much prefer Cody Walker, who I know the spy is a little bit keen on. Um, I'll touch on something quick. I keep mentioning this Rabbitohs dream run they've got coming up without actually saying who it is. Um, and he's the Dragons this week, into the Broncos, into the Cowboys. Um, Des, before we move on from you, my issue with you and Aiken, I like him as a pod and I've always liked him as a super coach player. Do you think he has the ceiling of other centre wings um, to warrant bringing him in? I
2: think he does. I mean, he's he's getting 50 in like base, basically. If he goes over for a try, he's up to 80, 90 goes over for a double he's scoring what Aikens uh with what Lomax is scoring um I think the highest the center wing ceiling really is is like what Sivo's getting which is 150 which is the absolute pinnacle um but yeah I think the ceiling of center wings basically 100 and I think I think he can get it
1: yeah fair enough Um, I'll I'll go on to you, mate, and in particular, Cody Walker, who's at 4% ownership, averaging 55, which I'd sort of thought he'd had a a bigger flop of a year in Supercoach, but that's still handy enough. Um, He's 480K, that nice run ahead. I want your thoughts on him, and I want your thoughts on Latrell Mitchell, who's back. Um, He he scored a 7 or a 10 or something about two or three weeks ago. Outside of that, his last sort of five or six games were pretty big. There might have been a couple of tons there. Um I'm pretty interested in the trail at the price, just as a, a sort of a three-week play.
0: Yeah, boys, Cody Walker I'm always keen on for Super Coach wise. They the bunnies weren't playing quite as well first half of the year. Probably weren't getting the go forward that he needed to really excel, but with them starting to get back into a little bit of form and with a nice run ahead, he could be someone you could take a flyer on. You can almost straight swap someone like Jerome Lewis straight to Cody Walker, which is unbelievable. So if you wanted to do that, have a look into it. Latrell, I had a look at him today. Gee, he'd be scary to own. I'll tell you what, he could pump out another 10 or a 20 or he could bust out 130. So it's one of those guys. He's going to get opportunities. It's Indigenous weekend. He'll be fired up for that. And... Mate, he could be a sneaky play, but just be aware, it could be a scary watch for those that mm. want to jump on. Um, it's a scary watch for those who don't own. Well, a little bit, yeah. He's the ultimate entertainment package for Supercoach for that reason. Um, just quickly on the Dragons, a little bit under the radar, but Matty Dufty, I don't have his exact numbers in front of it, He, I think he's still averaging high 70s. He's absolutely killing it. So, sort of... Mm. There's that spot at fullback in behind Teddy. You could take a flyer on him. I think I mentioned it a few weeks ago. Probably didn't expect him and Lomax to keep up this kind of form, but they just keep keeping on at the moment. So fair play to them. And if anyone happened to jump on Dufty earlier, well done. Um, and I just want to mention, for me, Cam McInnes, I don't care where he plays, boys. Like... He had one semi-quiet week, but he played 68 minutes and went off early because they beat Manly pretty convincingly. He was straight back to 80 the week after. He killed it again on the weekend. I love him in my back row. Just put him in, let him work for you. Easy points each week. And um, outside of that, we've already mentioned Cook and Murray and those boys who could potentially go on a bit of a run. Uh, but I do think Cam Murray's rounding into a bit of form, and he can't keep not scoring tries. He's so good they have to be coming. That's my logic anyway.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I think Cam Murray tons up at some stage over the next three weeks and I think he can average sort of 80 to 90 over the next three week period, particularly with these bigger minutes. Um, Bailey and played 80 minutes on the edge last week. Only 43 points, uh, but good to see him get the minutes. He's 285k. break even is 23. So he's a, a serious option, but you'd probably wait till next week to see him locked into that 80 minute role. I actually don't mind him at all. Jackson Paulo is another one. He's got a break even of one, so it's, you know pretty well now and ever, but with that run coming up, he's an option if you want to downgrade as well. Moving on to game two of the week, Tigers versus Warriors at the Sydney Cricket Ground, 6 p.m. Friday night. A bit going on at the Tigers. Alex Tawal returns at lock. NRL physio will be the happiest bloke on the planet, loves the bloke. <laughs> Luke Garner, he's back in the back row. Olive Clark starts a prop for the suspended Rusty Packer. Michael Cheekham won't be risked after a nasty head knock against the Eels. Sam McIntyre drops to the bench. Matt Eisenhuth out of the 21. Tom McKaylee returns on the interchange. Uh, fair bit going on at the Tigers. Twelve's the big one. Over at the Warriors, um, a lot of their players have gone home. Uh, Massive, massive effort for them last week against the Roosters. Stuffed us in Supercoach, but uh, very happy to see them put up a good show there. David Fusatua and Ken Mamalo both returned to New Zealand. Pat Herbert starts on the flank. Eels' lone player, George Jennings, makes his club debut on the other side. Jennings' teammate, Daniel Daniel Alvaro, replaces Isaiah Papalihi on the pine. Hooker Wade Egan also returns from injury on the bench uh, for Chanel Harris-Tavita. Um, spy, I'll start with you. Not too much to say about the Warriors, really, but you might be able to add something. Um, we've spoken about Jazz, uh, Tohu Harris, maybe Jaz Tavanga, um, and then he's still interested in anyone at the Tigers. <coughs>
0: Look, the guys at the Tigers who I own are Tommy Talao and Luciano Leilua. So I'm happy to pay them this week. And Luciano is going to be such a nice swap at about 600 grand next week for someone, unless he just keeps on keeping on, in which case maybe he, he stays in my side. But Nofaluma's still a huge watch. I know Wilson was a little bit keen on getting rid of him after I think it was round 14, but gee, it'd be nice to own in your centres. He's got tries in him. The Tigers' attack looks really, really good. When they were chasing points last week against Para, despite all the injuries, they just looked deadly. On the left and right edge, they were going to the line, playing some nice footy. So you might see the Tigers really just give it to the Warriors this week, I think. I'm not sure the Warriors can back up that kind of effort again, and Roosters look complacent. Tigers won't be. Um, I think they could put a little bit of a number on them, and the wingers for the Tigers this week could be in for – for a try or two each, hopefully to anyway, that'd be nice. And just quickly at the Warriors, I didn't actually realize Tohu Harris based so well last week with Jazz, so that's a really good shout in your back row there. He keeps on keeping on. And Jazz Tavanga, I couldn't bring him in yet for those looking at him because his minutes are a little bit of a lottery still, but if he starts playing 60-plus, keep a good eye on him, lads.
1: Yeah, Uh Des, you'll get your thoughts on that game. And one particular player I want your thoughts on is Dave Nofaluma because we all – I think he's pretty close to the most traded in play this week at the moment. He's a guy I've just been waiting for him to get under 600K, but he's just too good. It hasn't happened. Uh, I think he's about 612K at the moment, and I think he's probably top of my hit list this week. Um, who do you like in this game?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I came in uh, it's just – you guys have changed my mind. I was going to say, oh, Warriors showed some grit and determination last week. They might make a game of it um, with Jazz and Tohu sort of defending the middle, like their lives, depending on it. And Teddy just couldn't get through, but the Tigers don't really play that way. Do they, they go around teams. So I think I've changed my mind. I think Novoluma is going to have a field day. Really? Um, and I think Grant will probably have a pretty slow game as well. Um, and I own RTS and Katoa from the from the Warriors, um, and I think they should still be able to produce pretty solid scores this week against the Tigers. Um, Katoa's running at that uh, that right edge of the Tigers, so you never know what could happen there. And RTS, he just needs the ball. The, the Warriors just need the ball in the in the Tigers attacking half. But yeah, I think I've changed my mind. I think the Tigers are going to flog them.
1: <laughs> <I'm> easily <laughs> yeah. convinced.
2: <laughs> yeah. Love it. Yeah,
1: The uh, the Spy touched on it earlier, but yeah, the Tigers have the Warriors this week, then the Knights, and then the Bulldogs. So a nice little run coming up for them. They then go into a run against the Roosters, Panthers, Seagulls, Rabbitohs, Storm Eels. So they have a brutal run to finish the com. but the next three weeks, think short-term, don't think long-term. It's a different year, 2020. Um, so yeah, David Nofaluma for me, big chance of coming in. Broncos v Sharks, Friday, 7.55 p.m. at Suncorp Stadium. At the Broncos, more madness. Brody Croft is out with a shoulder injury. Anthony Milford returns to 5'8". Darius Boyd is back to fullback, huge. Herbie Farnworth shifts into centre. Richie Kenner to the wing. Jake Turpin at long last returns at hooker. Massive for the Broncos as well. I think he'll add plenty of direction for them and uh, spark up the guts. Isaac Luke is also back on the bench. Ethan Bullimore is back on the bench with Corey Pax, Tyson Gamble and Jamil Hopper-Wade all dropping out. At the Sharkies, Josh Dugan returns for his 200th game in place of Bryson Goodwin. Connor Tracy, serious cheapy prospect, replaces Chad Townsend at halfback. Britton Okora returns from suspension in the back row and Toby Rudolph starts at lock, pushing CSC for Talakai and Jack Williams to the bench. Desi, thoughts on this one?
2: Josh Dugan, 200 games. Who would have thought? He's been Feels injured. Like at 450. Yeah, though. he's been injured that much. I mean, yeah. Um, On paper, obviously, the Sharks look like they have the momentum and should crush the Broncos, but I'm not entirely convinced after I saw that first half the Broncos put up last week. Um, They have pretty evenly matched forward packs, but, yeah, obviously, if the Sharks get enough possession, SJ will just weave his magic again and make owners very pleased, owners not like myself. Hmm. Um, But, yeah, not much to note for the Broncos other than Mr. Consistence, Haas, and Kerrigan who I think might actually come into sell considerations pretty soon if you want to sort of pot up in those positions because they're just getting 60s and 70s and it might not be enough to bring home the bacon, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, absolutely, mate.
2: They're some pods.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, then there is heaps going on at the, the Sharks. Um, Spy, you own Jesse Ramion, I own him. He went down after about 25 or so minutes last week. Fortunately, he was really good in that time, including having a try disallowed. So he scraped to about 28 points. Uh, what are you doing with him this week, mate? Because it's a worry. He's been named, but they said it was tightness last week. It wasn't a massive concern. Um, it's a tough decision with him. You know, Sioni Katoa on that right wing. I think he's still under 500. He's got to be a serious pot option. Um, thoughts on this game? Yeah, mate, it's a tough one with Jesse Ramy, and he, as you said, he looked really, really good last
0: week and I was so excited about things and then he went down, walked off and it's just one of those things this year in Supercoach, so many daggers. But look, I'll probably sell him just because I've got plans to get in my casebo finally. I've spoke about it all year so I've got to, I've got to put my money where my mouth is. Um, outside of that, people probably already own Sean Johnson. Do you bring him in now? He's probably still worth a buy the way he's playing, if you want to have a look at him. Um, and I just want to mention on Payne Haas, he only got 60 last week, but it was against Melbourne. He got Melbourne and he still played 80 minutes. So unless he started doing that again, I think Haas is a keeper, to be honest. But I can understand the thoughts on maybe moving Kerrigan on for someone, um, just depending how he looks over the next few weeks. But in saying that, since since the pressure's really been on Seabolt. Kerrigan's minutes have gone up as well, and I think he might be averaging almost 70-odd over the last five weeks. So they're still going, going bloody well, to be honest. Um, I wouldn't be panicking, panicking, panicking sorry, on those guys, but if if you did want to do what Desi said and look at anti-potting, then maybe there's an option there, especially in a few weeks when someone like Crichton comes back. That could be a potential potential trade option there.
1: Yeah, um, we are with the Broncos, and I'm sorry, with our general front row rotation, I had, um, I've had i got Hayne, locked, uh, Hayne Hass locked in like we all do. Then as my second front row, I've had Carrigan, who I've been happy to move on sort of each week, keeps getting minutes, keeps going very well. Um, I'm very happy not to have a front rower on my bench because I think halves, hooker, fullback are better positions to target. So, I mean, I understand everyone's looking into it, but if you've got these two in your front row or you've got um, Payne Haas with any other gun front rower, I'd be looking elsewhere at front rollers because very, very few of them have the ceiling to warrant going them over a halfback with a good matchup or a fullback or, you know, one of these Smith, Grant, um, Cooks, um, just my thought there. And then on the Sharkies with Sean Johnson, they've got the Broncos this week, obviously, then the Eels are a tough one, but then the Titans the following week before a pretty tough run home after that. Um, but SJ on the weekend was just in sublime form. He looked light on his feet. He had a heap of runs. He was playing both sides of the field, which we spoke about about a month ago when he wasn't running the ball. Get to both edges. He did it, and boy, he's looking serious. So, I mean, he's at an awkward price now at 650K, but, I mean, if you don't have any other pressing issues, then SJ, well, not certainly not a must-have, um, he's playing some serious footy at the moment. Vintage SJ, lads. He's back out of nowhere. How good. He is. Saturday, 3 p.m., Roosters v. Titans at the Sydney Cricket Ground. I mean, this could be a massacre, but we said that last week with the Warriors. Um, The Warriors do have a lot of external issues to actually on the field as well, so that's probably what's contributed to them. They've still got a decent enough football side when they are in the park. The Titans, while they did show a little bit last week against the Panthers, this looks like a pretty one-sided contest, so you'd be hoping your Roosters players bounce back. Ryan Hall replaces Brett Morris on the wing. I'm absolutely stoked with that. At the Titans, Keegan Hipgrave returns in the second row with Sam Stone dropping to the reserves. Sam Lassone replaces Drive Whitbread on the bench. Uh, Daz, I mean, scrap the Titans. Who do you like at the Roosters for this game? Um, obviously, plenty of players to target. Yeah,
2: I mean, albeit eleven rounds too late, but I've I've brought him in. I've captured him, <laughs> King Teddy. He's going to go berserk. I think the Roosters will want to send a message that last week's game was just an anomaly, so to speak. Um, so yeah, they they'll flog the Titans. Um, it's time for sort of Cleary and Flano to uh, Kiri, sorry, and Flano just both step up their game and get Teddy some early ball and he'll he'll just do the rest against a weak Titans edge defense.
1: Yep. Um, Spy, you're an Ikavalu owner. I've seen a few questions out there, people asking, is Ikavalu a sell because he's got that triple figure break even um, they've got to be lunatics, don't they? With this match-up, he could score 150. Mate, definitely not a sell. He, um, you
0: can't look too much into break-evens. If he does happen to go low and lose some cash, that, that happens. But as you said, he could score. He scored five tries like three weeks ago. It could happen again easily. So, gee, that'd be nice as an owner. And Ryan Hall, if anyone either held on to him or wants to bring in a cheap centre, he's a really nice play. Did you say, how long is Morris out for? Did you have a bit of a timeline there for us, Tim? It looks like three to five weeks. Gee, could be a nice play then, Ryan Hall. I'll have to look seriously at him and just own both Roosters wingers. Um, I was going to mention Tupanua, starting back row. He didn't go that well last week because no one went well. The Warriors were really good and the Roosters, to be honest, have been pretty woeful for last month for a team of their calibre. And as Dez said, at some stage they've just got to – click back into gear and send a bit of a message. I agree. I think it'll be this week back at the SCG. They'll be fired up. Um, But, gee, it's an interesting watch from an NRL perspective just to see how they go against another weaker outfit. But, gee, it'd be nice if Teddy could knock out 180, Ikevalu 170, and have a bloody good Saturday afternoon.
1: Yeah. um, I've got a few decisions to make now because I I generally think the Roosters will put 50 on them this week. I'm pretty confident about it. I think Teddy goes enormous. I think he'll break the record. There you go. Um, Well, Mitch Orbison, I brought him in last week, played 80 minutes, solid as a rock, 46 points, which on face value, you think, I mean, not terrific, but that was at 226k for a bloke with dual positioning. You can plug him in at centre. He's still only 250k this week. Um, Look, I still like him as a buy. You know, Boyd Cordner's not playing this week. Crichton's still a few more weeks away. Um, Des, would you be tempted by Mitch Orbison?
2: Oh, uh, no, I think they're just using him as a tackle bot, to be honest. I actually, I prefer, um, who, uh, the spies uh, <coughs> are, yeah, I actually way, way prefer him to Orbo if you've got the extra 80k to pay. If he's playing 80 minutes, geez, he's, he can do some damage. Yeah, but really surely can.
1: Tupinu was like a massive like one-week-and-one-week-only play. With, with Corden, Corden will be back next week, you'd think Crichton not that far away. Tupano are gone. He's lucky to be in the 17. Yeah, but you could say the same about Orbo, surely. Nah, Orbo's Orbeau, got more security than Tupinu. I don't Um, know about that. One thing I'd say,
0: boys, is um, Crichton was a a very similar injury to Munster, and Munster I think only missed two weeks. So it it wouldn't be a total shock to see him back next week or the week after. But in saying that, I don't mind Orbison because he's so cheap. That's the thing.
1: You're not losing much.
0: It's almost like a massive downgrade to free up cash elsewhere.
1: So maybe last week was the time, and... I will say my mind has changed since the team's been named. Now that Ryan Hall's there at around that 320, dollars k dollars you probably just paid the extra eighty grand for him for that massive upside yep. um, who, who might get a decent crack now with Brett Morris out. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, guys, we're going to change things up just very briefly this week just to break up the teams. Desi's been throwing out some unbelievably bold, bold predictions on Twitter over the last couple of weeks. Some of them are firing and they are unbelievable. You couldn't make them up. Some of them are so far off. It's not funny. We absolutely love them. We're going to touch on our bold predictions of the week. I'll start with the king of them, Desi, What do you like this week uh, in terms of a couple of Larry plays?
2: Yeah, I've I've only gone two of them. Um, just just to be safe, uh, minimize my risk. Um, <laughs> That's
1: not what you do. <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean, I'll They're put like one, I'll put five out on Twitter, but I'll do yeah. two here. Uh, the first one is Teddy, Fano and Kiri to combine for 320 plus against the Titans. Solid.
0: So it's it's not it's too bold, bold, but it's also pretty bold. Good
1: and serious points. Yeah. And
0: last, De- Des of last week would have said 540 points, but, you know, <laughs> that's fine.
2: <laughs> and my second one is RTS to go 100 plus against the Tigers.
1: Okay. Oh, that's, that's bold. I'll pay that. Um, Spy, what have you got? I'll go Cam
0: Murray to score a try this week. As I said, I think he's due. He'll crash over against the Dragons in a local derby. Um, I think the Tigers to run a little bit rampant and to Talao to get a double. That would benefit me enormously as well. <laughs> and I'm going to go Teddy 140 plus into Ikevalu for two or three tries.
1: Yeah, like it. I um, I mean, I mentioned before, I think Teddy will break the record, possibly getting a little bit excited there. Um, I think he can, but we'll, we'll rate it in a little bit and say, I think, 150 plus. So I'm with you there. I just think he goes massive. Um, And then the other one, I'm not sold on the hype around David Klemmer. <clears throat> I, I mean, I mentioned before about how I think if you've already got two solid front rows, you look elsewhere. Last week with the injuries to Connor Watson and Andrew McCulloch, he played the full 80 minutes. He scored a pretty well 100 points in base, which was phenomenal. Spy, I know you only you would have been absolutely stoked with that. But his, his minutes are that 50 to 55 region. They could even drop back a little bit more this week coming up um, following his 80-minute effort last week. He's playing against the Storm, who we know are super coach killers. Um, I'm just not sold on him. So I'll go Clemwood to score under 60 points. What do you reckon there, Spy?
0: Mate, against Melbourne, if he gets 55, I'll just take it, <laughs> to be honest. They're so tough yeah. through the middle there. So it's not that, so it's not that bold. Yeah. Oh, yeah, actually, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I think it's pretty <laughs> oh, bold. Under 55. I reckon an easy 70, easy oh, 70 easy. against someone there. He scored 35 against him last time they met in about 60 minutes. They just destroy good forwards, but he's due. So, I'll yeah, we'll see what happens there, but I'm a little bit nervous going into that one.
1: Yeah, uh, back to it. Saturday, 7.35 p.m. p.m. at Lotto Sea Seagulls v Panthers. Really good test of where Manly are at at the moment. At the Seagulls, Sean Keppy replaces Jack Gazuski on the bench. Dylan Walker is closing on an injury comeback and is listed in the reserves. At Penrith, Ville Army kick-hour returns in the back row. Tyrone May drops to the interchange and Matt Burton is out. Api Kairosau has been listed in the reserves, which is significant for anyone who held, but you'd still think he's probably a sell. Um, as he looks to return from an elbow injury, Charlie Staines has also been named in the extended reserves. Whether or not he gets a start, I'm not sure, but obviously one to keep an eye on. Fair chance he might even come in for 10 years of Lesniak after scoring a stack of tries on debut. Um, Des, who do you like here, mate?
2: Yeah, obviously uh, both teams extremely strong and big forward packs, so I think the game will really come down to the kicking games of DCE and Cleary. Um, so we know that Manly can offset these really top teams um, at completely random times in the season. Um, so it'll be an interesting watch for sure. But I think you're right, with like with the likes of Crichton and Mansour, the, the pace on the edge that Penrith have, I think they'll be able to penetrate the Manly defence out wide for some junk time points and put a number on them, I think. 13 plus Penrith.
1: Well, yeah, Again, going against your boys pretty heavily there, mate.
2: Yeah, I think Penrith are just real good at the moment. As good as Manly have been, I don't know, they've been fighting per se. They haven't been good. But, yeah, Cherry, Cherry's going to have to carry real hard if they're going to have, have a chance in this one.
1: Yeah, you get the idea Penrith are just sort of ticking over a little bit at the moment, but there's some serious class in that team. I think they'll know they're going to have to lift for this game because they know what me and me are capable of, um, so it would be an interesting one. Um, Spy, what are your thoughts, mate? Um, and in particular on Stephen Crichton, who is going off as a super coach player, he's going off as an NRL player, Um, Is he still a serious buy at above 550K?
0: Look, I haven't had a good look into him, um, but he gets a lot of nice quality ball on the edge there. He doesn't pass a lot, so that puts him over for a lot of tries. He's definitely got to be an option and probably someone I'll have a little look at later in the week. Um, One thing I will mention, I think I was going to mention in general, but it's time to start trading in guys who aren't elite keepers. In this game, one of them is Jerome Luai. Um, there's there's no harm in holding on to him if you need a backup for a late withdrawal, but if you if you chase him some cash, I'm going to look to downgrade him either this week or next and free up a bunch of cash elsewhere. Or you could even, as I said, upgrade him to like a Cody Walker or someone like that because he's he's really done his job. He's scored well, but I think he's probably about to max out in price. Um, but not a whole lot to write home about from this game mainly because all the guys involved we already already know plenty about. Um, but Jakey Jvojevic the only one that Des alerted me to before. He's starting to get back to a little bit of Jakey of old, so probably worth a little look there for those interested.
1: Yeah, mate, you, you touched on Luai, downgrading Luai. I think if there's one position alongside with Hooker that you really need to make sure you've got guns on the bench, it's the halves. So, there's, I mean, gives you thoughts, but there's no way I'd be downgrading Luai if I was anyone out there to enough or anything like that. Get four guns in and play them match up depending. Because then, if you have a week where, um, some like Nathan Cleary or Cam Munster might be playing against, I mean, each other. They're the, the two of the gun sides of the competition. And then some like Mitch Moses might be playing the Titans at Bankwest Stadium. You can just switch them in. You can play all four of them, do whatever. But I love the option there. Um, you need to have options in the halves. What do you reckon there, yeah, not doubt. That, that's a
0: fair shout. And it's not something I've probably looked into yet, but will this week. And you're right, because if someone's a late withdrawal as well or someone's out for a week, you might be stuck with someone pretty average. Um, so look, I've got Avarillo and Lua sitting there at the moment in behind. They're probably two pretty easy upgrades to reasonable guys, especially like Mitchie Moses. We haven't got to him yet, but he's about four hundred grand. So there's definitely some options there. Cherry Evans yeah. as
1: well, basically a, a straight swap <laughs> for Lua. Yeah, there's, it's it's pretty interesting stuff, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Uh, James Fisher Harris played fifty four minutes for forty four points on the weekend. People keep getting excited about him when there's a couple of injuries and he plays extended minutes, and we keep saying. The minutes just aren't there this year. I just, I don't wouldn't be going anywhere near him until he's playing sixty five plus minutes, which I don't think will happen. Josh Mantor is four sixty seven k. Boy, I think he's a good buy out there for anyone looking for. He's a mid range priced basically at the moment, but he's an out and out super coach gun back to his best this year. Um, so, but yeah, plenty happening at the Panthers. Um, I did skip a game there. Uh, the Cowboys and Raiders five thirty on Saturday at QCB Stadium in Townsville. Um, I'll note it early that. I oh, know Man- Manly's win impressed me last week in Townsville, not because I think the Cowboys have much, but teams are flying up and back there in a day, um, which it's an enormous flight, especially coming from from Canberra. Um, so the Raiders already with a lot of injuries to their side, a few new blokes coming back from injury. Um, it's a big ask for them. Anyway, any of that? Uh, apologies for pronunciation here, but Canelli Lumi returns with Mitch Dunn going to the bench. Jordan McLean is back at prop with Francis Molo returning to the interchange. Reuben Cotter and Ben Hampton drop out. At the Raiders, more injuries to deal with. Jordan Rapana replaces Charles Nickel. Klockstad. Uh, it sounds like it's only a short-term injury, so he'll be gone for about one to three weeks. Curtis Scott's been recalled at centre. Nick Kotrick shifts back to the wing. Big Johnny Bateman makes his long-awaited return in the back row, starting Hudson Young moves to lock. Kyle O'Donnell to the reserves. Uh, and mid-season recruit Corey Harawira at Naira comes straight into the 17 in place of Harley Smith-Shields. Um, Des, mate, there's not a lot of super-grace interest going on in this one. What have you got for us?
2: Yeah, I think this one will be a big forward slog, um, which should be good for the likes of Tamalolo, Maguire, Papali and and the man of the hour, John Bateman. I mean, I've I've got no room for him in my team this week, but it's good to give him a cider. But we all know he's a keeper at um, second row forward. Um, so I expect him to come out firing, actually. Um, and if you have the money and are bold enough to get him in, I say go for it. Those <laughs> those are the risks you need to take to win Supercoach, honest to God. Get Bateman yeah. in.
1: It's a huge, huge play. Um, I mean, and Bateman's return will be so big for the entire Raiders' outfit. We know how much better they are with him. We know how much better defensively his edge is when he's there. He's one of the best edge defenders in the NRL. It astounds me that just the effort he puts in there. Um, Spy again, probably not too many thoughts, but... One I will touch on is Jordan Rapana, who has been a Supercoach star of the past. He's been named at fullback. He's 258K. What are your thoughts on him and any general
0: thoughts on the game? Mate, anyone that knows me knows how much I love Jordan Rapana. It's one of the bigger man crushes, but... For me, he's just a little bit older now. And whilst he's still a good solid footballer, I just haven't seen any shades of Rapana of sort of two years ago when he was a real massive tackle buster. Oh. Um, obviously, if you need to get someone cheaper into your side, that's great. But I'd still rather just spend up on a 500K center who could potentially score three or four tries, like a Sevo or a or one of those guys. I'm not. I'm just not fully convinced on him. Chance could be back next week as well or two weeks. So, just be wary of getting Rapana in. He'll do a job for you this week, no doubt. But just be wary. Uh, Johnny Bateman, how exciting! Geez, I'm pumped to have him back in the NRL. Um, he'll want to finish big. He's going to add heaps to the Raiders. And I'm a little bit with, with Des in saying you could just almost stick him straight in because you know how hard he'll be to get off the footy field. Now mm. he's back. But just looking at that bench, they've got Tarpany. And Harawira and Naira, that's two edge back rowers, potentially. Um, that just concerns me a little bit. So, gee, I'd want to give it a week just to see how he looks. Make sure he gets through, check his minutes, because you'd hate it if he played 40 minutes in his first game back and then went off. And quickly on the Cowboys, just be very careful of playing the Hammer. I had to play him last week, and he was on about – 20 into the last two minutes when he went on this run and beat about seven dudes. Gee, it was nice, but he's got a very, very low base. He sort of reminds me of Latrella a little bit at the moment in his style of play at fullback. And just on big Jason Tamalolo, I think under Josh Hannay's watch, he looks like he might be using him a lot more effectively than Paul Green. His minutes were up and just his involvements look better. So I think he's in for a monster back half of the year.
1: Yep, yeah, nice mate. Bulldogs-Eels Sunday, 2 p.m. at ANZ Stadium. Bulldogs v. Eels, a game that you'd suggest will be very one-sided in favour of Parramatta, but it's an old rivalry and something still sticks there because although there's a lot of blokes who wouldn't have even been born when that was rivalry was at its best during the uh, the 80s, the dogs get up for the Eels just about every time they play. They did it at the start of this year from memory. You had a very, very tight game and I think Eels knocked them off maybe one try to nil or something stupid. Um, at the Dogs, Tim Laffey returns to the kennel in place of Kerit Holland at centre. Jack Cogger and Suaso Sue join the interchange in place of Brandon Wakeham and Ranof Twimaga. At the Eels, Kane Evans and Oregon Kafusi return on the bench in place of Brad Takarangi and Stefano Utakamanu. Uh, Dan, we'll get your thoughts on this one. At the Bulldogs, probably the only one to have a bit of a chat about is for Fatala Mariner, and we'll get your thoughts on him. Um, and then there's a fair bit going on at Parramatta.
2: Yeah, RFM, he's still producing some big scores as I suggested he would. Um, Mm. He has white line fever, so to speak, um, (laughs) when the dogs have attacking ball and he has the power and pace to get over. He's still an ultra pod ownership-wise and he's running at Mitch Moses this week. So that's something to keep an eye on, that's for sure. Um, For Parramatta, you've got RCG and Paulo, both looking borderline keepers in the front row. Um, and Dylan Brown sixty in base again this week. What a star! Outscoring Moses, even though Moses kicks goals and scored a, a try as well. If that doesn't tell you something, I don't know what I don't know what will. But yeah, just hoping the dogs can make a scrap of it. But I think yeah, it's got potential for an eels blowout written all over it.
1: Desi, you've caught it for a few weeks now. The lane train's come good for you.
2: The lane train, he's hes seriously good outside of Dylan uh, <laughs> Brown there. He's, he's a real good player. He can bust tackles. He can offload. He can set up tries. He can do it all. He's just—he's an ultrapod as well.
1: Yeah, Spy. I'll get your thoughts, and two in particular for me that I'd like to hear. Uh, Mitchell Moses at 400K. I mean, seriously, he, he returned pretty, pretty impressively last week. Um, him, and the other one is... Regan Campbell-Gillard, who is just on an absolute tear this year. He has never, ever been Supercoach relevant. He's played a stack of NRL games. Um, what have we got here? Last three weeks, he's played 68, 80, and 63 minutes. He's at 8% ownership, uh, and he's got a five-round average of 84 points. I mean, some interest or or what do you reckon?
0: Look, mate, not for me. Um, There's absolutely no harm in anyone that wants to ring him in. But as you said, someone who's played that much NRL and just suddenly out of the blue had a good month, I find it very hard to trust that that's going to definitely continue on into the back end of the year when you need you guys to be really elite. So I'm going to steer clear. But if you want to take a punt on him, maybe he continues that on, the big fella. He's playing some good footy. Um, Mitchie Moses at 400K. Gee. I might have to do it this week, see what I can do. But um, he's a very useful guy just to sit in behind Cleary and Munster as a backup guy, um, either covering injuries or, as you said, for those really easy matchups. He's playing good footy this year. He's defending really well as well, actually. I've been really impressed with him. But the big one, boys, I've talked about this the whole season. I've targeted Micah Sevo for round 12 v. the Dogs. Now we've got there, and he's come off the back of a couple of very, very low-scoring games, and he scored twice last week for a seventy score. I'm terrified to pull the trigger. What do you think?
1: As in, you're you're scared oh, because he's not scoring the base. You're a bit worried.
0: It's bloody low. Like he got, he'd need yeah. to score two, three tries to be really good, which we absolutely can do. And then that whole Bulldogs rivalry thing, as you said, they just turn up for the Eels, so. Ooh, I'm tentative. I've got a big call to make there. Desi
1: Seve,
2: yeah, I don't mind him. I, I've i owned him last year and I sold him well before I should have. I got I got off before he started going big, but yeah, he can definitely just continue scoring. He can go five weeks doubles five weeks straight. I can get on him if if you like
0: him, get on him. I might jump on for three weeks while they've got a nice little run and sort of reassess after that. We can always flip and switch this year, as it were. But yeah, could be Sevo in this week. Uh, day game versus the Dogs could be quite interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now I like him as well, Dazzy. I think just we know how big you can go, and you're the one you always talk about these these pods and the blokes with the massive ceilings that can win your Super coach and win you win you these head to head games by themselves. It's um, you know he's one of them, isn't he? he can just go absolutely huge. Sunday 4.05 pm to round out. The round 12, Storm v Knights. This will be a corker of a game to finish it up, particularly if it's a dry game at Sunshine Coast Stadium. At the Storm, Marion Seve replaces Brenko Lee at centre. Tom Eisenhuth returns from a ham- hamstring injury on the bench in place of Paul Momorowski. Um, Yeah, so then, yeah, Suliasi Vunavalu, yeah, he's on the wing as well. He came back in last week. At the night, Chris Randall comes in at Hooker for his second NRL game following season-ending injuries to Andrew McCarlick and Connor Watson. So he's, well, you wouldn't call him beaten, but he's, uh, he's pushed. He's, well, There's a chance that Kurt Mann might have gone there. He was really impressive at Hooker last week, um, but they've opted to stay with K-Man at 5'8". Sioni Matauti is also out with Aiden Guerra starting in the back row. Phoenix Crossland and Josh King joining the interchange. Um a fair bit going on Supercoach-wise here. Anyone who you like?
2: Yeah, I just can't go past the storm in this one. Whilst I'm se- selling and I really don't want to. But I, I just think Smith and Munster will take this game out of the Knights' hands. It's it's going to be up to some serious Kalen Ponger magic for the Knights to win, I think. Um, Cle- Clemmer will do his best to keep him in the game. But yeah, any field position the Storm get, they'll score points, which you just can't say the same about the Knights right now because they just still look a little bit disjointed in the attack and Storm are just definitely the informed team team in the comp right now. Um, and it would have been in reverse four weeks ago. Knights are the form team, but that's how fast the game of the rugby league can change, isn't it?
0: That's it. 100%. It is,
1: mate. Um, Spy, what have you got? Mate, I'm looking forward to
0: this one, as you said. Knights have some real question marks on them at the moment, and I'd expect them to get a really big kick up the arse this week and really turn up against Melbourne. I do, however, think that the class of, like, Munster and Smith will just be probably a little bit too much for them in the end. A little bit nervous as an owner of Ponga, Best and Clemmer that if Storm do get on top of them, it could be low scoring. So I need them to turn up. But Ponga's working hard. Again, he's running a lot, which leads to tackle busts. Hopefully score a few points uh, with goal kicking. Badman Best, base is good and so is Clemmer's. So that's sort of the, the upside there for owners of those guys. But I just don't really know what to expect, to be honest. Like... Do the Knights come out and show something or are they on the slide? I think I'll be nervous as a, as a fan, but they've shown a lot of upside this year and a bit of ticker. So I hope they turn up and make a good game of this one.
1: Yeah, I think talking about teams, we're going to find out really where, where they're at this year. Um, we're going to find out how good Newcastle are this one, travelling away from home, that that flight up there in and out in a day against the Storm. Who are Yeah, they are the form team of the competition, uh, probably along with Penrith. Uh, yeah, we're going to get a good idea, idea of where they're at. Uh, Des, your round trade, round 12 trades and your captain and vice-captain options.
2: Yeah, so I've got to sell Kenny Mamalo, obviously, because he's going home and I'm selling Pappenhausen, Um, bringing in Teddy and probably going to downgrade Mamalo to a Knopf like Berber, um, obviously because he's a popular Knopf dual position just to fund the giant price rise needed, um, price cash generation needed for Teddy. Um, for vice captain, I'm going to go Cookie against the Dragons. And yeah, King Teddy against the Titans.
1: Yep, like it. Cook, um, is Ryan Hall an option for you as the downgrade? Or I'm assuming you probably need that extra money as the 171 kr to get to Teddy?
2: Yeah, I, I need the the bottom
0: dollar.
1: Yeah. Um, Spy, what are you doing? <clears throat>
0: Boy, he's on the surface of it, unless I get some real positive news about Maddo. Um, I know he's been named in the 12 jersey, but unless I know he's definitely playing, I'm probably going to bring Cam Murray in for him and probably Micah Sivo in for Jesse Ramian. But I'll have a good look at it because there's a lot of options this week. I also really, really want McInnes in my team. Um, and then someone like Ryan Hall is a good option as well. So there's a bit to ponder this week. Uh, But at this stage, maybe Murray and Sivo. In terms of Skipper, Teddy Skipper, of course. And I had a quick look. Probably put the VC on Luciano Friday night versus the Warriors and see if he can crash over for two or three.
1: Yeah, fair shout. um, I don't really know what I'm doing, to be honest. The team must have thrown me a little bit just because I don't need to stack my centres as much now that Ryan Hall's playing, and I'm happy to play him over most people this week. I also didn't expect Jesse Ramian to play, but I am looking at probably David Nofaluma, um, which means I'll probably bench Orbo or someone like that in my centres, which certainly isn't a big issue. Um, and then, look, I'm looking at Jerome Luai down to Mitchie Moses, where you can earn 60K and get in an absolute gun like uh, Mitchy and just play him on a week-to-week basis based on the matchup, which I think is just – lock him in there for that price. I think he's pretty hard to pass up. Um, and then as far as Ryan Madison goes, look, I'm – Give it a couple of days, get a bit more word out of the eels and see what's happening there because, you know, we touched on it at the start of the show, but there's, there's the, the second round is dropping like flies. A few of the guns are underperforming, so I'd love to hold if I can, but, you know, those head knocks are, are very much a, a worry as we saw last week. Lads, we'll jump into a couple of questions. Um, and just remember, we were going to do a, a bunch of head-to-head sort of um, articles or a, a weekly column on head-to-head content rather than the overall strategy. But because there was no origin mid-season, there's no bias, it sort of made head-to-head irrelevant in terms of early season articles. Now that we're getting towards those head-to-head finals, we'll look to do a little bit more specific stuff on that um, going into the head-to-head finals. So get, get in your questions for head-to-head if that's what you're focused on over, rather than the overall sort of stuff. Um, and we'll try and get a few more columns going to help out in that sense as well. We'll start with the George asks, center trade in for head-to-head cash comp. Nofaluma, Crichton, Sevo, or Man Des, of the four, who are you going?
0: Nofer. definitely Nofer. Spite? I like a lot of them, but, yeah, I think you'd have to go Noffa. He's just on fire. Yeah,
1: I'm Nofer as well. I'm sick of not owning him. Yeah. Dan asks, I've just brought in Munster for Walters, holding Luai for now. I've traded Clemmer in for TKO. Is this two sideways or are there better options? He already has Husk, Carrigan, and Rudolph. Um, Dez, is Clemmer to TKO too sideways?
2: I don't think so. I think Clemmer's been really good. He's averaging higher than last year, and I, I don't see it being sideways at all. I think TKO's, he's good as well, but he's just not as good as Clemmer. So that's, that's not sideways I, for my
0: I would not, I wouldn't bring in Clemmer this week against the Storm, especially when Takia has got uh, Gold Coast on Saturday. Give that a week for mine if you can.
1: Yeah, look, I think it's completely sideways. Um, Takeo, last five weeks, 53, 64, 92, 69, 87. Uh, As I said, I think Clemens are probably a little bit overrated. Went massive last week, but that was because he played 80 minutes, which is only happening with a stack of injuries. So, look, I'd be looking elsewhere for that one. Um, Jeff Fletcher, uh, tough on sort of under the pump for you, lads, but how many nuffs is too many? Um, And I know it's sort of probably revolving around how your squad's set up, but... It is a good question because you don't want to overdo it, do you? Um, Des, any idea?
2: I'd say about six. Six is borderline the most you'd want. That's the yeah. number.
1: Yeah, and that, well, that's, that's leave, leaving you with t- two playing reserves. Um, and it does change this year because we've got all these trades u- utilised. We've got heaps of them saved up. None of the buy, um, buyers to worry about. spy what do you reckon?
0: Yeah, it's a bit on the spot there, but somewhere around that six mark, I'm just having a look at my side now, It's probably about right. Um, I'll probably give you a much better answer next week, though, once I have a look at a few things. But six wouldn't be far off the mark there.
1: I think six is just too many. Um, I'd be looking at five. I want to have a 20-man squad with my 18th, 19th, and 20th man, all being guns or pretty close to it, with um, good jewel status. As long as they've got good jewels, particularly in the halves and you know second row, front row, where you can cover injuries, um, I don't think you need to worry, but I keep going on about how we've got heaps of trades to use. You know, people looking particularly at head-to-head finals and semi-finals, you are going to run out by the end of the season because I'm assuming everyone's trading two a week knowing it's not too much of an issue. So um, don't get too complacent with that. But, yeah, I, I think if you can have 20 guns and sort of, you know, four or five nuffs, I think that's all right. Uh, tough question. Calenborough, bring in Sean Johnson or Cam Smith? Does Desi?
0: Cam Smith, not a tough question at all. Spite? Smith, easily. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Not easily. It's that's, that's tough on SJ who's been killing it,
1: but Smith's just class all around. He's so good. Yeah. Upon further assessment, that is not a tough question. It's definitely Cam Smith. Um, uh, this is a good one. Max has ben, ben James. Is it worth going Noffa over Ponga this week due to their respective matchups, even though Ponga will see a price rise? Des?
2: Oof. That, now, that's a tough one.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, I think so, yeah. I think, I think you could do it. You could get away with it. I think Nofo could go huge this week and Pong is likely not to. And then his price rise isn't going to be that much. So assuming you've got money in the bank, you can just bring him straight back in.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, mate. I think um, I'd be happy to go Knopf for this week, particularly if it's giving you that fourth center wing gun in there um, just to strengthen up your, the volatile center wing position. Um, Big Rod ask prioritise selling Saifidi and Angus as their injured guns or should I sell out my maxed out cows, Spy?
0: Ooh, so it's... Safiti and Crichton. If you've held Crichton this long, he could be back next week. I'd probably try to hold another mm. week to get an update. Um, Saifiti how long is Syfeti out for? Do we know that?
1: Fair while. Yeah, I'd be,
0: maybe... I'd be selling yeah. maybe Saifiti and then maybe one of your max, maxed out cows from there. Um, I wouldn't mind holding Crichton if you can, but in saying that, you can always bring him back. So there's no major pressure there, but I'd probably sell Saifiti and a maxed out cow. If you can. Yeah.
1: Desi, Matthew, Prento, Ackworth, is the Cleary-Johnson-Monster trio a must or can you have Luai in there and spend elsewhere? I
2: think the Cleary-Johnson-Monster trio is definitely a must. Luai in there, uh, you don't have to have him in there, but those three you do, 100%.
1: Yeah. I think Cleary and Monster absolutely are musts. Johnson is a great buyer for the next two to three weeks, but coming into that harder run, probably not as much. What are your thoughts, Spites?
0: Yeah, I agree. Cleary Munster, get him in. And then your third one you could play around with a bit. Um, There's plenty of options around there, and I don't think Johnson's an absolute must. But as you said, he's got a nice three weeks coming up, so he could, especially against like Brisbane, he could do anything. I'm still waiting for that down couple of weeks from SJ, but it just hasn't come. He's playing too well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Nigel plum shoulder, still the best name on Twitter, asks: Can bring in one of Murray, Nofer, B. Moz is in there, but we'll scrap that because teams have been named and there's no Moz or Flanagan. Desi, Murray, Nofer, Flanagan.
2: Well, Flanagan's got the Titans this week, but <laughs> he had the Warriors last week and scored only 29. And I have him. wasn't too happy about that. Um, <laughs> Murray, yeah, he's got that cool. serious run coming up. It's. Out, I think it's out of Murray and Noffa, and I think it's like a coin toss, pretty much. But I think Noffa. I think Nofa, Honestly, you just want to. You want to cement your center wing, and Murray's interchangeable. Whereas I don't think Noffa is as interchangeable in that center wing position.
0: Spite? Yeah, it depends on your centres. If you've got four decent centres this week, so I don't mind bringing Cam Murray in and see if he can have a huge month. But if you need – say you've got a week four centre and Nofaluma solidifies that, then you'd go him. That would be the, the point of difference there.
1: All right, here's a, a good one to wrap us up. Again, on the spot a little bit, but who's the fourth best half after SJ Munster and Cleary for the run home and why? Uh, and it's tough because, I mean, I mentioned before, I think you want to have two gun halves in there on your bench or in your reserves. Um, who's number four for you, Desi?
2: It's Dylan Brown. It has to be. It simply has to be. He's it's... he's scoring 60 in base. He makes 30 tackles a game, similar to Munster. He gets a lot of attacking ball. He runs the ball at the line. He has um, Sevo outside him on the left. He's got Sean Lane outside him. I think, I think that Dylan Brown is seriously something. I think he's the mm. fourth best
0: half. Spy, who have you got? I've, I've just had a quick look. I think I tend to agree with Desi. Um, Dylan Brown, no try assists or tries in the last three weeks, and he scored 60-odd, 60-odd, and 80. So that that tells you something about the kid. Um, I think he's a lovely, lovely guy to be in behind your guns.
1: Yeah, great option to play, particularly with the easier matchups like this week, may, maybe. Um, I'll th- float another idea. I mean, we, we talk about the... The, the rotation policy of, you know, trading blokes in for one or two week hits, particularly the fullbacks and the halves based on their matchups. Maybe keep a floater there as your fourth, um, five, eight, half. Um, and, you know, maybe in two or three weeks' time when your team's really solidified, you've got guns all over the place, too many trades to know what to do with. Um, and then you say, all right, you know, Mitchie Moses playing the Titans. I'll bring Moses in this week or Dylan Brown. The next week it might be, you know, SJ versus the Cowboys, so you might flip that. Um, so keep that one in mind. That's probably how I'd be playing it. Um, lads, plenty enough for this week. Thanks, Spy.
0: Very good stuff, lads. More footy coming soon.
1: Beautiful. Desi, cheers. Cheers, Spy. Cheers, Timmy. Mm-hmm. Cheers, Desi. All right. Thanks for tuning in, guys.